0: Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you on this Wednesday morning, August 30th, April. Beautiful morning outside. Let's begin our day together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to tell you, I am super jazzed about today's show. We've got some wonderful uh, content for you today, including uh, we're going to start diving into the teachings of St. John Paul II with Father David Skillman later in the show. That's going to be a weekly thing we've got coming up for the foreseeable future. And, uh, you know, Father Skillman is just incredibly gifted and intelligent. So that's going to be fantastic. Yesterday I was doing some work on behalf of the Sarah Club. I, t- I took some time off from the office here and went out to Columbia, Missouri to visit the Newman Center out there. Before we dive in, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. What a great trip it was yesterday to the University of Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, to go to uh, noon mass at the Newman Center there. Absolutely amazing to see how many college students go to daily mass at uh, at, at the Newman Center there. And you know you you walk in and i 'm seeing them carrying in rosaries i 'm seeing them with the, a couple of them had the manual of prayer um, all these great prayer books are coming early they 're praying they're staying after mass and praying and just hanging out, enjoying the fellowship of one another in the newman Center after mass it, it was absolutely beautiful and inspiring to see this many college students just taking their faith seriously and uh it's not like there was anything out of the ordinary it's you know it 's not like there was some great uh nationally known priest brought in it was it was their pastor who they love and it was daily mass you know there there was no music it was daily mass now don't get me wrong daily mass is still going to impart more grace than anything else i could have done yesterday um but i was just edified by that we're going to talk about those students a little later on maybe this week maybe uh Maybe next time. I, I don't know. I look forward to getting to that. But f- before we do anything else today, let's go to Mike Roberts, our Saint of the Day.
1: Today is the feast day of Saint Jean Jugon, born in France in 1792 during the French Revolution. She was the sixth of eight children born to Joseph and Marie. Her father was a fisherman, but was lost at sea when she was just three and a half years old. When Jean was 16, she got a job as a kitchen aide for Vice-Countess de la Chaux, who was a devout Catholic, and she asked Jean to go with her as she ministered to the poor and sick. Then at 25, she joined the Congregation of Jesus and Mary and worked numerous jobs, including teaching catechism and as a nurse. In 1837, she met a 72-year-old woman named Francois Aubert and a 17-year-old orphan named Virginie Tredanielle. They rented a house together, and the three began a community devoted to prayer, helping the poor, and teaching catechism. But soon, they were taking in women of need, and in just a few years, they found themselves providing for nearly 50 years as their mission shifted to caring for abandoned elderly women. This was the beginning of the congregation that would come to be known as the Little Sisters of the Poor, in 1849, Jean established a second house in Tours, and just a few years later, the congregation had grown to include several other houses in France and England, providing care for 500 elderly women with the help of 100 sisters. A priest who had been made their superior, Father Auguste Lapellier refused to recognize Jean as foundress, and had her removed from all of her duties except begging, which is how she spent the last 27 years of her life. By the time of her death on this day in 1879, the Little Sisters of the Port expanded across Europe and into North America with 2,400 sisters, but by then, many of them did not know she was their foundress. In 1890, after an investigation, Father LaPolliere was removed from his position, and sister Jean Jugan was finally recognized as the foundress of the Little Sisters of the Poor. St. Jean Jugan, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
2: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
0: The last time Father David Skillman was with us here on the show, we were talking about the first homily given by St. Pope John Paul II. And we alluded to the fact that we were hoping to come back soon and start breaking open the teachings of his pontificate, of which there's no small number. So today with us here on the show is Father David Skillman, and we thought we would dive in headfirst to the first encyclical of St. John Paul II. Redemptor hominess. Father, it is great to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven today.
2: Thank you. It's good to be back and to journey into this uh, kind of seminal teaching of Pope St. John Paul II.
0: Now, nowhere near the grandeur of the writings of St. John Paul II, I remember about three and a half years ago, the first broadcast of Roadmap to Heaven, and there was this question, what are we going to do on the first broadcast? This sets the tone. This sets the stage. Uh, and I, I remember my theater teacher always saying the first line that's spoken is going to set the bar for the rest of the show. If it if it's up high and everything else is low, it'll fall flat. You always have to cross the bar. I would imagine, I'm no pope, but I would imagine that for St. John Paul II, there was kind of that question as well. What am I going to write about first? And so we do have this encyclical, Redemptor Hominess, the Redeemer of Man. What can you tell us about it?
2: Right, so it is um, kind of commonly believed that when a pope uh, promulgates his first encyclical, often he very much has in mind this idea of kind of laying out a certain program of his pontificate or, or kind of a vision for his pontificate. And it seems to me that it's very clear that John Paul II is is doing this here, giving a kind of a preview of what he intends for his pontificate it's easy for us, I think, to look back also and see this in the context of his whole pontificate. But it's interesting also to maybe try and get in the mind of of the Pope when he's just beginning, you know, and the rest of the story is yet to be written. But in a way, he's, he's laying out kind of the, the outlines of, of what is to come. So he wrote this and published it within the first year of his pontificate. He'd been elected in October of 1978, and this was published in March of 1979. And I think as we go through, you'll, you'll see that it seems very clear that he's he's kind of using this as the, the, the launch pad, if you will, for where he believes the Holy Spirit is calling him and the church to journey over the, the coming years.
0: You're right. Not a lot of time has elapsed. That's only about six months, and uh, I would find that daunting. Now, in the title alone, there's a lot that we can unpack. I mean, even as we're going to journey through this entire document, we could focus on Really, three words here, Redeemer of Man.
2: Right. So, Redemptor hominis, uh, our listeners may know, um, typically papal documents are titled just by the Latin, kind of the first couple Latin words of the text. And so what you have here, Redemptor hominis, is Latin for the Redeemer of Man, which are the very first words of the encyclical. And just like you said, that title speaks something. We saw this when we talked about his inaugural homily, too, this focus, first of all, on Christ, the Redeemer right and he begins this encyclical you talked about that first line you know the first thing you say this always i come back to this again and again he says the very first sentence the redeemer of man jesus christ is the center of the universe and of history like just focusing boom right there you know that's quite a claim <laughs> that this this person the redeemer jesus christ is the center of the whole universe and all of history but but calling the church to that focus on the person of Christ, and then of man, um, a focus also on the human person. The, this call back to, the, they had that beautiful line in his inaugural homily, with what veneration the apostle of Christ must utter this word man. You know, so drawing us to these two themes, which are connected in the person of Christ because he is the incarnate son of God taking on our humanity, but this focus on Christ, the redeemer, and the dignity of, of human nature. So we could say, really, that um, his encyclical and his whole pontificate really are unpacking a line from Vatican II that he he comes back to again and again and again in his teaching. This is from Gaudium et Spes, um, the document, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world, which I just want to read this passage for you because it it's going to come back to us again in various ways in his teaching. So the Second Vatican Council said, the truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word does the mystery of man take on light? Christ, the final Adam, by the revelation of the mystery of the Father and his love, fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear. So he's actually going to cite that directly later in Redemptor Hominis, but this idea that Christ reveals not only God, but also what true humanity is meant to be.
0: That makes me think of the uh, phrase... I learned it from Pope Benedict XVI, hermeneutic of continuity, that we're going to see a lot of that in the writings of St. John Paul II, in particular in this. This is not a new thing. This is a continuation of millennia of tradition, two millennia of tradition here. And, Father, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say still very relevant for our times. Um, You know, a lot of folks have said we're in a postmodern era and in some ways, I dare to say a post-truth era. We're asking that question, what is a man, what is a woman, who is man, what is our purpose? And as you said, St. John Paul II leads with it. He doesn't hold back. The Redeemer of man, Jesus Christ, is the center of the universe and of history. There you go. Right. You know Everything we're going to understand about ourselves is right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Wow. I think this is a good place to stop. I know we're going to be journeying through this for the foreseeable future here on the show. We're going to visit with St. John Paul II once a week and Father David Skillman. We look forward to having you with us next week. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are midway through the week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And this week, Patty Schneier is helping us take a look at the question of evil, asking God, why don't you stop this?
3: And yesterday, I shared with you a beautiful quote from Father Benedict Rochelle's book, The Tears of God, about how we often need to just take a look at it to become more compassionate, to be aware, and to move us to action. Today, I want to talk about faith in the face of evil. Yesterday was about seeing evil. Today, I want to talk about having faith in the face of evil. And to this, I had to look to the catechism for inspiration and for help in my own questions about evil. Here's what the catechism says in paragraph 395. The power of Satan is not infinite. He is only a creature, powerful from the fact that he is pure spirit, but he's still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's kingdom. Although Satan may act in the world out of hatred for God and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his action may cause grave injuries, of a spiritual nature, and indirectly, even of a physical nature, the action is permitted by divine providence, which, with strength and gentleness, guides human and cosmic history. It is a great mystery that providence should permit diabolical activity. But we know that in everything, God works for good with those who love him. That's the quote from the catechism. Okay, now that takes faith. At times it seems that the evil is so powerful, so massive, and so perverse, and it seems to be winning and to be unstoppable. But as one wise priest noted in a homily that I have never forgotten, I remember he was talking about evil and he said, don't ever forget, Hitler thought that his kingdom would last a thousand years. It crumbled Mussolini's reign of terror no longer exists. The child sacrifices of Mexico were stopped after the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe. History proves time and time again that is stated in the book of Proverbs, the just man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble to ruin. Also, the years of the wicked are brief. Those were Proverbs that I quoted a couple weeks ago. So evil does tend to, to collapse in on itself. So we need to take heart in that truth, and we need to pray for the grace to believe it, to have that faith that God works together for good for all those who love him, even in the face of evil.
0: A great reminder for us, Patty. Thank you for this daily dose of encouragement. I mentioned at the top of the show that I had the occasion to go out to the Newman Center at the University of Missouri Columbia, or Mizzou, as it's affectionately known. And uh, one of the students I was talking about was tell- or talking with yesterday was telling me about an experience she had last summer. It was a summer program where she was connected with a job in the service industry and placed in a living community with a bunch of other students her age in a similar situation, connected with a job in the service industry, but then they lived intentionally together, fostering a life of prayer, the sacraments, and uh, more. And she was saying how great of an experience it was. You have your day job, your summer job, you don't have to worry about what your summer job is going to be, but then to come home at the end of the day and be in a very intentionally Christian Catholic community with other students from across the country, all endeavoring to what? Sanctify their daily living and grow in holiness through what they do each and every day. And I couldn't think of how, help but think of how great an example that is for you and I. We all have our day jobs, whatever they may be, unless you're retired. Then you had your day job, now you you have wonderful flexibility and retirement to take on any number of things. But then at a certain point, we're going to go home. And are we going home to a community that is fostering our Catholic devotion? I hope so, because it will help keep us on track. That accountability is such a vital and necessary thing. That's why community and relationship with one another is so important as we grow in relationship with our Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, don't forget, first Friday, this coming Friday, devotions, 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 and first Saturday on Saturday. Have that plan to go to confession so that you can go to Mass and receive Holy Communion on both Friday and Saturday. Pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart on Friday, which we will do right here on the show. And then on Saturday, pray that rosary and meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And we'll say it again as we say it each and every day, pray your rosary today.